Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Our reading this morning is found in the Pew Bibles on page 1230. It's from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. It's very pithy, and it's very short. I'm going to read it twice. (laughs) Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. Above all, love each other, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. I like the idea of saying something twice. Shall we have... The sermon twice? Okay, you're on. No, we won't. Let's pray together as we start. Father God, these words are in many ways simple and yet so profound. And we understand that if we respond to the grace you've shown us by showing this deep love, you will draw many to yourself. So we want to ask you this morning that our hearts would be open and our ears would listen to what your spirit wants to teach us. Amen. Now, if I were to ask you, what is the world's friendliest country? What is the world's friendliest country? I wonder what you would answer. Any suggestions? Italy, very good, number two. Spain, number three. Canada, number five. Norway, no. (laughs) Don't know where it is. Shall I tell you? Number one, New Zealand. Wow, interesting. So we've got New Zealand, Italy, Spain, Greece, and Canada. And the UK? We're number 34. 
Now, how do I know this? Because I started doing some Googling as I was preparing for this sermon on hospitality. And I thought, okay, hospitality, open, friendly, Googled. Oh, I thought, okay, we won't use that stat. Um, But I thought I'd tell you about it anyway. Then I thought, okay, let's Google what is British hospitality. And British hospitality, one entry after another, told me that nowadays in the UK, hospitality means hotels, restaurants, spas, places we go to be looked after, right? The hospitality industry. It's something we've offloaded to the professionals and actually... The better you are at hospitality, the more perfect it is, and the harder people work behind the scenes. And I thought, oh, that doesn't quite sit with what I want to say. So I discarded that. Then I googled biblical hospitality. And this was a bit better. Can I just say, by the way, there's some very good stuff on that out there. But one of the things that struck me from that was that it's a sacred duty and a spiritual discipline. Golly, I thought, that sounds like something for monks and nuns, doesn't it? It all sounds quite hard work. But I want us to stop right there and let me remind you of something. What have we been learning from our Bibles throughout the month of January? We've been learning about grace. We have been learning that our God is a God of grace and grace is the outpouring of his love. When we say that Jesus is Lord and we turn to him in repentance, we are welcomed as outsiders into a place where we're invited to join his family. God's grace is abundant, joy-filled, and we're invited to be recipients of his hospitality. And what I'd like to do today is suggest that because of God sharing grace with us, We have a motivation and longing to share that grace with other people. That's hospitality, I think, as we understand it as Jesus followers. And what else do I want you to remember? Don't use Google to teach you what it looks like to live in grace. Use your Bibles. So that's going to be one of our messages. But before we begin to look at our Bible, I would like to ask someone from our church family to come up and talk to us about hospitality. Jan, will you come up here? If you know Jan, you know why I've asked her up here. But anyway, Jan. Are you going to ask me the question? Yes, I am. I'm about to ask you a question. Are you ready for it? Uh, Sorry? Are you ready for the question? Yeah, I think so. Good. (laughs) Good. I hope you are. Here it comes. What does it mean? What does it mean, Jan, to be hospitable. What does it mean to be hospitable? Well, I looked up in the dictionary as well. It won't take (laughs) long to say. Hospitality is or means given to a generous and cordial reception of guests. Well, it could be a hotel, but for me, it means welcoming people with as open a heart as I can, being as generous as I'm able to be, and being interested in them always. Great. So, Jan, what would you say happens when we are hospitable? What happens to us and what happens to other people when we're hospitable? When, when we're hospitable to others, when we have other people around, I think something 
quite special happens. Um, we are giving of ourselves. We probably don't realise it, but we are. Um, we're also opening ourselves up for others to see state of the house, the kitchen, or whatever. Um, but if God loves us, what does that matter? Let's just have them, whatever the house. So they don't want to come to look at our house. They want to meet us. That's the thing to remember. Mm, brilliant. Oh, oh, that's one half, Okay. The other half, <laughs> um, they'll get to know us better. Mm. We'll get to know them better. Um, now, to others, hospitality received gives people value, huge value. Um, they're loved, they're accepted as they are, they're wanted, they're cared about. Value, they're important. Wow. Mm. And uh, we get to know them as well as they get to know us. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's a two-way thing. Mm. Do you think God calls some people to be hospitable and not others? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I think you know this. What have we just heard? Um, Peter saying, offer hospitality without grumbling. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, some people in those days grumbling. <laughs> Maybe we do. Uh, it's where's grace? Grace and grumbling don't go together, do they? So, offer hospitality. And what does Paul say in Romans after telling people all that, what, how to use their gifts? They don't call this a gift, NB. He just said, he doesn't call it a gift. He just says at the end, practice hospitality. Mm. Well, I'm learning in the food department what that means. I'm <laughs> slow to start, but it's worth it. It's well worth it. Jan, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. Okay, so let's look at these three verses that we've had read to us twice this morning, shall we? And we are going to do that by thinking of our sermon in three parts, because Good meals often have three parts, not always, but a starter, a main course, and a dessert. Okay, so we're going to be looking at three different ways and three different verses that teach us about hospitality. So first of all, a starter. What is our starter today? Our starter is that hospitality is a posture that we take. I wonder what you think that means, a posture. Does that mean like you put on an apron and you're like, welcome? No, I don't mean that. Let's look at our Bibles. Let's see where our motivation for hospitality comes from. In verse 7, which Alan didn't read, it tells us, the end of all things is near, be alert and of sober mind. Now, why does he start talking about hospitality by saying something quite sobering really. Why does he do that? Because we want to be aware that we are living in times when how we live shows other people God's. And so we want to do it very consciously. But then verse 8 says, above all, love each other deeply. Why are we asked to do this above all else? Because if we love each other in a way that is shallow, then that doesn't reflect the love of our Father God that we're always talking about. Deep love is genuine, heartfelt, and ongoing. 
But how can we love each other deeply without becoming a bit exhausted? When we become children of God, our lives are turned around. The new life we find in Jesus is a life that is not meant to be kept to ourselves, but shared. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that helps the way we live to change. I'd like to suggest this morning that Christian hospitality is not only something we provide, a meal or a bed for the night, although it is that, and there are so many wonderful examples of people in our church family who regularly or permanently open their homes to others. But I think deep love, it's shown in hospitality, stems from a life change. It's a change to how we do our lives. As we're filled with the Holy Spirit, hospitality is a posture we take that reflects God to others. It's open-hearted. It welcomes others in to walk alongside us and share life with us. Offering a meal or a cup of coffee to someone, no matter how simple this is, is only part of what's going on when we live in this way. It's actually about giving someone permission to enter our world and share our life. We've got a vision here at Emmanuel Croydon that we're a church of unconditional welcome. What does that look like? It's actually a very costly thing to aim for. We live in a world of individualism and self-reliance. But as believers, we're asked to live in ways that stand out as distinctively different from those around us. Unconditional welcome, as modelled by Jesus, means that we deny ourselves and the comfort of closing ourselves in, in church, but also in the rest of our life. It means that we look outwards and we welcome others in to come and share our lives with us. Why do we do that? Because we want people to find Jesus. Let's not only claim this unconditional welcome as a banner on our website. Let's seek to open not only the doors of our church to everyone that comes in, but let's also live our Monday to Saturday lives in a way that means we're ready to show the love of God to all those that share our lives during the week. And let's not forget the last part of this verse. There's really good news if we love each other deeply. If we love each other deeply, what happens? A multitude of sins are covered over. Isn't that wonderful? When someone new comes into our church, what's our prayer? We want them to find God. How? Well, one of the main ways that we can witness to God's love is by loving each other deeply because we're mirroring how he loves us. If that's how we live in our church and outside it, then so much else that's imperfect. And believe me, we have a lot that's imperfect about us. That won't be the first thing that people see because it will be covered over in this blanket of deep love. So let's move on to our main course, or as the posh person who did the slides for me called it, an entrée. It's a response to grace. Our hospitality is a response to God's grace. 
The good news is we don't have to look inside ourselves for a posture of hospitality. No, for Christians, we practice hospitality as a response to God's grace. In the book of Revelation, we read about Jesus standing at the door of our hearts, the door of our lives, and knocking. He's asking to come in and share a meal with us. Now, Jesus is a gentleman and doesn't force his way in. He allows us to choose when we open the door to him. But when we do so, when we ask him to come in and eat with us, our hearts are filled with his spirit, as we've heard, and he begins to change us. And one of the ways he does this is by helping us to live out verse 9. Jan's already talked about it. Offer hospitality without... Rumbling. <laughs> I love the J.B. Phillips version of this verse, which reads, be hospitable to each other without secretly wishing you didn't have to be. <laughs> Maybe you're feeling a bit stressed thinking about giving up your time to reach out to other people when it feels like you don't have enough time anyway. But when we stop and consider, as we have done with our grace series, what Jesus has done for us through grace, he first reached out to us. Our hearts respond in love. We've been singing about it this morning in the song that Stu's written about our verse of the year. This is love. We respond to God's love, which came first. The Bible tells us that once we were aliens and wanderers, but through Jesus' death, we're forgiven. And God has brought us into his home, into his family, into a relationship with him. When we accept him as our Lord, we're welcomed to eat and drink at the Lord's table. And we'll be practicing that through communion soon. In the same way, if we want to live as Jesus followers, we'll want to reach out to those who are other from us, those from a different religious, cultural, or social background, those who don't agree with us on social media or whose posts wind us up a bit, those who are from a different generation to us, those who actually we just can't quite imagine being part of our world. We reach out to them because we want them to experience his grace in the same way that we have. And it's not something we have to really work hard to do, like the perfect hospitality industry. We learn that we can do this because God gives us the strength to do so. It's a response to his grace. It's natural. As we reach out and invite people in, we'll learn how much richer our lives become. By doing so, we gain a wider perspective of the world that we live in. And walking in the strength of God's spirit, we'll find our hearts fill with joy instead of resentment. That's one of the ways we can offer hospitality without grumbling. Well, it's time for dessert. It's time for dessert. This is the part of the meal that at the end you carry away in your taste buds with you. That lovely chocolatey taste that stays with you on the bus home. So verse 10 teaches us, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Another part of our church vision is the prayer that we find unity in our diversity. 
I love the emphasis this verse gives to that aspiration. Our gifts all come in various forms. We're diverse. We're gifted at different things, thank goodness. And we bring different strengths to our church family. But as members of God's family, our gifts are all being used with the same aim, unity in diversity. We want to serve each other. Whatever gifts we've received, there's no denying some of us feel as if we're gifted at hospitality more than others. But this verse tells us that hospitality is about asking God what gift we have that he wants us to share with others so that we become a vehicle of his grace. I'd like to suggest that sharing our table, sharing a food food together or a meal does bring a special blessing because through sharing food, we relax and we find a deeper friendship. But sometimes hospitality is as simple as asking someone out for coffee or offering them a glass of water. And we can all do that. Maybe you're still unconvinced hospitality is something you can take part in. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm not very good at chatting to people, actually. And my house is really messy and a bit cramped. And my cat hates it when people come round. That's true. And I just feel really embarrassed to invite anyone. And I want us to think about what this might look in 21st century Croydon for us. And I'm going to give you some ideas. But first, let me say that offering hospitality is costly. Adopting this practice moves us, as Jan said, into a place where we're opening our homes and our lives to other people's eyes and opinions. We're giving of our time, our efforts, our money, and we're moving beyond our own preferences to a place where we're looking outwards. Following the example of Jesus is costly, but I also want to remind you each of us has a gift. We all have something to offer when it comes to hospitality. When we use the gifts God has given us, rather than trying to become something we're not, we actually find hospitality becomes a joy rather than a chore. So here are some ideas to take away this morning. You don't have to do all of them. It's a dessert. It's a dessert trolley with an option of choices. Ready? Four corporate ways we could practice hospitality as a church. Let's all join the welcome team. Steph's probably going a bit pale here as she envisages people like crowded in the doorway. Everybody's on welcome this week and no one's in the pews. I don't mean that. I mean, let's carry the welcome into the pews. We want everyone who comes into our church for the first time, the second time, the first time in a long time, to experience this unconditional welcome when they come in. We want everyone to understand that when you come to Emmanuel Croydon, you're part of something bigger than joining a once-weekly meeting. You're joining a place where we look outwards, upwards and outwards, not inwards. And to do that well, let's all sign up to the welcome team. This morning, let's all try to say hello to someone you haven't spoken to before and find out a bit about their story. Secondly, come along to our warm spaces on a Friday and pray that God would give you conversations with those who come along as you share lunch together. 
In my day job, I'm part of a team that teaches English to women who don't speak it, and we meet over in the Emmanuel Centre. This week, I asked some of my students what they thought about British hospitality, and I explained we were going to be talking about it in church together this week. You should have heard what they said about our church. They've noticed how well this church connects with the community. They said this church was like no church they'd seen in their home country, and they were amazed by it. It was precious. Opening the doors of our church to our community through warm spaces, salam, toddlers, saturdads, everything else we do is a gift and it's a way that we bless our community through hospitality and it's a gift that's noticed more than we realise. Thirdly, join one of our refreshment teams, help to serve in the Rock Cafe or on a Sunday evening, come and join that team and help to serve refreshments. When I was growing up, this was called going for fellowship, and it always involved pale green cups and saucers and very weak tea. But I think weak tea isn't biblical, and I think that this, this time together is a way of extending what we hear in here. Let's take it out. Let's carry it through. It's a way we can come together as a body of believers who actually enjoy doing life together. And if someone comes here for the first time, this is an invaluable way to show them how we do this life together. Number four, start or host a small group. We believe one of the ways that our small groups are vital to the life of the church is their relational aspect, because it's really hard to meet people in a deeper way on a Sunday. You don't have to serve a meal at your home group, although some do. This is about opening your home to others. You'll be showing God's love from the first ring of the doorbell before you even open your Bible. Come and talk to me afterwards if you'd like to know more about that. And finally, let's look at four individual ways. Remember, I'm not asking you to do all of them. This is to give you a variety of options. Number one, invite people into your space. And when they're in it, ask God to take your simple meal, your drink or your offering of time and make it something where people experience his love. Who cares if the biscuits are from Aldi? It's the kindness and sharing of lives that people will remember when they leave. I'll let you into a secret. When when I invite people for lunch... I always wait for them to say, can I bring anything? And then I say, yes, please. Please, could you bring a dessert? Because I'm rubbish at dessert. But that means we share the meal from the time of invitation. It's a win-win. Number two, ask people along to something at church and then ask them for a drink afterwards. This is about sharing our lives and church. Our faith is part of our lives. This isn't about ticking a box. Did you know most people find Jesus because someone has invited them or a friend has talked to them about Jesus? Someone has asked them along. If you're here today because someone's asked you along, we are delighted. Please come and share coffee in the Rock Cafe with us afterwards. Thirdly, hospitality is something that grows from a deep conviction that other people are a gift from God's. This is not something that inhibits our freedom. This is something that expands our horizons. Let's make it a priority to share time with other people, but especially with others from our church family. 
because we'll experience a far deeper level of relationship over a meal or a coffee than if we just wave across the church on a Sunday. And number four, pray for unexpected opportunities in your week. Now, I do have to warn you that God has a way of answering our prayers, so be ready. We tend to think of hospitality as something we need to prepare carefully for. But how about asking God to surprise us by bringing someone across our path or prompting us to invite someone around who isn't on our usual list? Being part of a church family that wants to offer unconditional welcome isn't about what I'm here to receive, although it is that, but we walk into church with the understanding that we're here to build each other up. Let's dare to ask God to surprise us. So hospitality, it's a posture we take, a life posture. It's a response to God's grace. And there are so many ways to practice it as we look to serve each other. I'm going to finish and we're going to prepare to share communion together. Let's remember where our hospitality finds its roots at this table. May that same grace that God shows us be something that's especially precious to us this morning as we share in this meal taught by Jesus to remind us of his love. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.